Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com If somebody cheats on you, is it fair game to ruin their entire livelihood? We'll get to that in a bit, but first, I fed my coworker edibles and he made a fool of himself. Beef among coworkers at work is pretty normal, but my coworkers were insane. The unhealthy rivalry was on a whole new level. The competition was crazy too, and I blame that on my boss. My boss was a super strict extreme perfectionist. She wanted everything done in a certain way and would fall apart if things were not done in that way. The slightest deviation from the norm would earn an employee a 14-day notice very quickly. My boss could have a fit over employees eating in the office, even when it was lunch break. She hated to see food around. Everyone tried not to offend her or break her rules. I tried hard, but somehow I always got into her bad books. It didn't help that her first impression of me was so bad, so it was very difficult to redeem my image since then. The good thing was, while my boss was extra with criticisms and rigid with rules, she was also extra with praises and bonuses. She would randomly buy gifts for employees just for behaving themselves at work. The entire staff fought to be in her good books. Everyone tried desperately to outshine one another. My cousin and I laughed about it all the time. At work, my boss had a favorite employee. He was her sacred cow, her eyes and ears. She accepted whatever he told her and would believe him over anyone else. He was also one of the designers and she treated him well unleashing him on the rest of us to report anything we did that was less than perfect. It was so bad that people were as terrified of him as they were terrified of the boss, maybe even more. Most people hated him, some others envied him and wished our boss would give them so much attention. I belonged to both sides, only that on my part, I wished my boss wouldn't pay me negative attention. For some reason, I was always getting into trouble with my boss. Every other week, I was in her office stammering and explaining myself. My boss darn near hated me. If I wasn't good at what I did, she would have kicked me out a long time ago. I knew it. The entire team knew it too. I was complaining to my cousin for the upteenth time one night when she pointed out that the boss's sacred cow worked very hard to be so loved by our boss. What do you mean? I asked her, genuinely confused. He had to constantly put you all down and make you look stupid to make himself look good to her. That's smart. I waved it off. Oh, he's actually very good at his job. He's also quite the perfectionist. He's not clumsy like me. My cousin agreed with me. Maybe, but he also gets additional favors from being all up in everyone's business and reporting you all to your boss. That was true. I remembered one time we had a meeting to attend. The driver drove my boss, the sacred cow co-worker, and me to the meeting venue. When we arrived at our destination, the co-worker made an unpleasant comment about my shoes. I was annoyed. He had seen my shoes earlier that day and had said nothing but waited until my boss was around to make demeaning comments about how brightly colored they were. Wearing pink shoes to an important meeting like this is worrisome. You're not in middle school, my boss had said in irritation. Another time, the sacred cow co-worker told my boss that he'd caught two employees making out in the office. 
My boss mentioned it at the next meeting and spent an entire hour making fun of the couple. After she had mocked them, she threatened to sack them and promised to sanction them. The sacred cow was always snitching and my boss was ever willing to listen to his gossip. I'm sure she knew he was playing snitch to get her favor, but she didn't mind, as long as she was getting her ears full. While my hatred for my snitch co-worker increased every day, his behavior never seriously affected me until one day when he snitched on me and earned me a suspension. A startup company in ours had a brief meeting at our office, and one of their team members was the most beautiful woman I'd ever seen. She had super short hair that perfectly matched her heart-shaped face. She was simply drop-dead gorgeous. I wanted to talk to her and see if I could get her to go out with me, but I knew my boss would not like that. It was against the company's policy, and my boss personally hated when her employees tried to form interpersonal relationships with co-workers and others that we worked with. The co-workers of her sacred cow caught making out hid the relationship for so long because they were terrified of her finding out. I didn't speak to that woman on that day, but when I was at the reception, our eyes met, she smiled and winked at me, and I just knew she was flirting with me. It took a lot of self-control to not walk over to her and introduce myself. The next meeting we had, she looked even more stunning. The deal they proposed fell through, so we were no longer going to work with their startup. I decided that since we were technically no longer working together, I would ask her out. As she and her team members moved out, I wrote my number on a piece and slipped it into her hand. Just as I turned around, I saw that my snitch co-worker had seen me slip the paper in her hand. I immediately wished the ground would open up and swallow me up. He looked away immediately, but I knew he saw me. I wondered for a while if he would tell our boss about it, as he always does, but I wanted to believe that he wouldn't. We weren't teenagers in high school or siblings who were rivals and would run around telling on one another. I told myself that he would keep it to himself. Well, did he? The next day, my boss invited me to her office, and she was livid. I knew immediately that he had reported me to her. Are you stupid, my boss asked. You want to ruin my company? Is that what you want to do? You know what the company's policy is on trying to form romantic relationships with clients. I apologized to her profusely. I promise it has never happened before and it will never happen again. She shook her head. Leave, she ordered quietly. As I left her office, I saw the snitch talking to her secretary and laughing. When they both saw me, they kept quiet. I called the snitch aside and told him that I knew he told on me. It's nothing personal, darling, he said. It's my job to report whatever might put the company in harm's way, you know. He said it with a big smile. What happened at work ruined my entire week. It was so bad that I didn't want to go on the date I'd planned with the woman. My cousin was not having it, though. If you're going to get punished for it, you have to at least enjoy your date, she insisted. I grudgingly went on the date. It was fun and I enjoyed every bit of it. I'm still grateful to this day that I allowed my cousin to prevent me from taking a rain check. My boss decided to suspend me from work for a week. I wasn't going to get paid for that week either. I was beyond hurt. The deal didn't even work out, so technically we no longer worked with them. I spent the entire week being so angry and bitter at my boss and her stupid snitch. The week I resumed, I learned the company was on the verge of closing an important deal with a huge brand. My boss and the entire team were excited. All that was left was a final presentation. 
We had to convince the CEO that we were going to deliver and we would get the job. My boss decided to put me and the snitch co-worker in charge of the presentation. While we prepared for the big presentation that week, all I imagined was getting the snitch co-worker to make a fool of himself at the presentation and invoke my boss's wrath. I knew just what to do. My cousin made the most dangerous edibles in college. And everyone always left her parties stoned and acting all funny. There was just a different formula she used in creating her edibles. They would put you on a whole new level. I just had to convince my cousin to help me make them. When I told her, she screamed. I hate that dude as much as you do, but hey, that's a little too extreme. I had to convince her that I wouldn't get him sacked or anything. I mean, he already had a good track record with my boss, so she would probably be more forgiving towards him. I just needed her to not like him as much. My cousin finally agreed. On the Sunday night before the presentation that was about to happen the next day, my cousin and I stayed up late baking cookies. We both learned to bake for my aunt and her mom, so we were pretty good at it. We carefully separated the ones that were laced from the ones that were not. I wasn't just going to hand over some cookies to the snitch coworker, so no one would suspect that I did anything. The smarter thing to do was hold up all the laced cookies and have him choose. That way, whatever cookies he chooses is laced anyway, and it would seem as though he chose off the plate like every other person. The next day, I handed the cookies out to the staff at work, from the janitor to the doorman. My boss was in a great mood, so she helped herself to some too. It smells so good, she said, beaming. I know, I smiled back and lowered the small tray so she could have some. She picked from the tray and walked away. I settled at my desk, knowing that as soon as word got around that I'd come into work bearing cookies, more people would come to my desk, and hopefully, the snitch would be one of them. It wasn't my first time bringing cookies that I'd baked from scratch to work. I'd done it twice before, and everyone talked about it. For a while, they kept asking me when I was going to make another batch of cookies. I'd been tempted to make another batch for my coworkers, but I didn't want to get them so comfortable pestering me for cookies. Soon enough, people came to my desk and helped themselves to the cookies. When I spotted the snitch guy coming over, I immediately swapped the cookies for the one I had laced. He frowned when he saw the laced cookies. That's all that's left, he asked, disappointed. I'm afraid so. Word got around and everyone came for a bite. He picked up two and munched away. It tastes good, he said, and picked the last three. You don't mind, do you? he asked. I could barely even make out what he said because he was still chewing. I didn't want to look too excited, so I shrugged and said, I guess it's fine. I want them off my desk anyway. He laughed and went away, munching happily. Watching my coworker pace around 45 minutes later, just before the presentation, was the most hilarious thing ever. He paced from one end to the other, reciting stuff. My boss called both of us into her office and encouraged us to not disappoint her when we get in. I thought, wow, you're going to deal with a serious letdown today. Are you okay? She asked the snitch co-worker, and he smiled and said nothing. I bet she wasn't so bothered about him. She spent some more minutes warning me to behave myself appropriately and try not to slip anyone my phone number. I just smiled. I wasn't the person that she should be worried about. Before the presentation, I reapplied my lipstick and powdered my nose. The plan was to look as good as possible while ensuring that my snitch coworker looked as bad as possible. 
The CEO and his team were seated and after my boss had done a brief introduction, she invited the two speakers to start with the presentation. We were using a whiteboard to aid the presentation, so I grabbed my marker and headed towards the board. My boss had to call out to the snitch coworker to go on. He stood sluggishly and walked up to stand beside me. Is he okay? I heard one of the people representing the brand whisper to my boss, who looked just as puzzled. As I started to speak, their interest heightened, and I could tell that they were deeply invested. It was his turn to cover his part of the presentation, but he looked on and said nothing. I had to tap him. I'm sorry, the board is just so wide and huge, he said, his eyes wide open in childlike wonder. My boss was embarrassed. So wide and so, so big, he said again. Excuse me, my boss interrupted him before he could say something else. She called the security guy at the door and had them escort him out of the boardroom. She apologized while the security guy did that and urged me to continue. I delivered a flawless speech like I'd planned and they were wowed. My boss looked worried all through though. She kept looking over at the CEO guy to see if he was eating up all that I was saying. After they left, she had a fit. She banged on tables and screamed, who in the world gets stoned just before presenting? I don't think he was stoned. I very much doubt that he would do a thing like that. He was probably stressed from all the preparations, I said. I hoped that the stone coworker would come to me after that to confront me, so I could say something about him not taking things personally. He most likely suspected that I'd laced his cookies with something, but he never did. Word got around in the office about what he did, and people were secretly happy. As I predicted, my boss didn't fire him, but he fell so hard from her good graces, the thud was a loud one. To be fair, there probably was a line crossed here, putting stuff in people's food, getting them stoned. I mean, I know these were awful people, but I'd like to know what you guys think. Also, if you enjoy these crazy stories of revenge, make sure to hit those like and subscribe buttons down below. That said, our final story of the day is husband cheated on me, so I reported his hedge fund company to the SEC. Humans are- Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Since 2013, Bombus has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Are the most insatiable creatures on planet Earth. I know this is a known fact, but sometimes I need to say it out loud to be able to fathom it. The craziest part about it all is how they tend to switch up when they get what they want, only to start chasing something else, something new. Now, I know this habit is one of our more incredible qualities because the thirst for something more, something better, is what keeps us striving. 
Even as babies, if we were contented with lying on our backs, we wouldn't have learned to sit. If we were content with just sitting around, we couldn't have learned to walk. Then to the evolution of mankind. If we were okay with trekking for long hours, only to cover a short distance, we wouldn't have made the innovative thinking that brought about the advent of cars, planes, ships, and so on. Yeah, being insatiable helped us, and it's still helping us today. But still, it's only fair to say that being insatiable is going to be the end of us all one day, just like how being insatiable brought about the end of my husband's career. The guy was insatiable, and he decided that I wasn't enough for him anymore. He started to cheat on me, and of course I couldn't have that, so I got my revenge. An act of revenge that turned into a big payday for me. But let's start at the top. I met my husband, now my ex-husband, at a party. I was 18 at the time and I just got into college. My roommate Dara decided that we needed to go to parties to be one of the cool kids. She still had the high school cheerleader mentality and she wasn't ready to give up that lifestyle. Not even for college. I agreed to go with her because I didn't have anything better to do. So we hopped in her car and drove to the frat house where the party was being held. We walked in and Dara decided to get us some beer. She didn't come back. I was all alone for the greater part of the night and I couldn't go home because it was late. And I hate walking alone at night. I listened to one too many serial killer podcasts as a high school student. After a while, I got so annoyed I decided to go look for Dara and just get out of there. I walked upstairs and searched every room till I found her in one of the rooms, sucking face with some frat dude. I left the room immediately and just stayed at the balcony to wait out the grossness. A few minutes later, some guy joined me. He looked drunk, so I tried to leave, but he pulled me back and tried to kiss me by force. That was when Bill, my knight in shining armor, came to my rescue. Quick note girls, never marry a guy you met at a frat party, no matter how nice he was to you at the first instance. Anyways, he grabbed the guy and pushed him over the railings into the swimming pool below. That helped him sober up real quick. Bill turned to me and asked if I was hurt. I wasn't, and he offered to stay with me in case anyone wanted to mess with me. I found this really charming at the time. Dang it girl, you were so naive. We started to talk, and I learned that he was a second year business student. I was also a business student, so we had lots to talk about. He told me about courses I might find a bit challenging and how to pass them, the professors I needed to watch out for, and the seniors I needed to ignore. He was really helpful and I liked him immediately. He asked me if I was drinking, I declined, and we just decided to take a walk till my roommate finishes with her one night stand. Spoiler alert, Dara's innocent one night stand turned into a three day bender and when she got back to the hostel, she was too crap faced to remember that she didn't even get me a drink at the party. When I realized that my roommate wouldn't be coming out anytime soon, I decided to leave without her. I didn't want to go through the trouble of going back to the party and dragging her butt back to the dorm and also because I didn't want to stop talking to Bill. I told him I didn't like walking home alone, so he offered to walk me back to my dorm. When we got there, he got my number and promised to call me the next day. When he did, we went on a date, and I knew I was in love. I'd promised myself before college that I wouldn't think of a relationship till I was in my final year of school, but here I was in my first year, and already I couldn't get him out of my mind. I shrugged it off and just went with it. 
A month later, we started dating. It was great. We were like a married couple on their honeymoon. But a month into our relationship, I learned that Bill wasn't as charming as I thought him out to be. He was fake. I went to his apartment one day because I left my lecture notes there the previous day. I knew he was going to be around, so I didn't bother to call him. I walked into his apartment, and what I saw shocked me to my core. No, it wasn't a girl in his bed. He wasn't cheating, at least not yet, or not that I know of. I saw the drunk guy that I met at the frat party the first day me and Bill met. The drunk guy who tried to touch and kiss me. I asked Bill what was going on, and after a series of bad lies, he told me the truth. Turns out that they're best friends, and he wasn't really drunk that day. It was all an act, scripted by Bill himself, because he wanted to talk to me. I was so confused, I didn't know how to feel. On one hand, I was mad at the fact that our very first encounter and his gentlemanly personality, which I was so smitten by, was all a ploy to get my attention. But on the other hand, I tried to understand his excuse. He said he didn't know how to talk to me and he just wanted my attention. I went back to my dorm room and I didn't speak to Bill for a few days. It's really crazy to think that our whole relationship has been built on a lie and that fact wasn't easy for me to get over. But eventually, after a series of incessant phone calls and apology letters, flowers and chocolates, and some really frustrating episodes of nagging I received from my crazy roommate Dara, I finally decided to forgive him. That was the first lie Bill has told, and he was so sorry he promised there won't be a second. It's funny how that was his second lie. Because during our second year, mid-semester, I caught him cheating on me for the first time. It was with this chick we'd seen in the mall a few days prior. I needed to do some shopping, but I didn't want to go alone, so I asked Bill to come with me, which he did. We got to the footwear section, and we saw this blonde girl in a really short skirt. Whenever she bent over to pick something up from the lower racks, you could see her black underwear. Her top was also... it was almost see-through. Bill was so quick to express his disgust in how she dressed and how promiscuous she was that I felt kind of proud that I never dressed like that, even though I was totally feeling her clothes. A few minutes later, I took some shoes and went to try them on. That was probably when Bill approached her to get her number because when I returned from the changing room, the girl was gone. A week later, I came to Bill's apartment to spend the weekend, just like I did every weekend, But I wasn't feeling too good on Friday, so I skipped the lecture and went straight to his apartment. I didn't call him that I was going to be there a day early because I wanted to surprise him. Turned out to be me that was surprised. I opened his bedroom door to shout, surprise, but what I saw almost gave me a heart attack. The girl ran out of the room, unclothed with all of her clothes and shoes in hand. I screamed, yelled, and threw stuff then went back to my dorm to cry my eyes out. I broke up with him that night, despite his begging. It should have stayed that way. A year and a half later, I met up with Bill once again. I was in my final year of college and he had just graduated. He looked pretty different from how I knew him a year ago. He looked more mature. That could have been my lady parts talking, but still. He told me to get dinner with him the next day. Just a friendly dinner to just catch up. I did and we talked a lot. I found out that his dad died in the summer and that he'd just taken over his hedge fund company. That was really impressive. Then he apologized one more time for the thing with the mall chick. I'd already forgiven him a long time ago, 
and I found myself starting to love all of the things I used to love about him once again. During our second date, he asked me to give him another chance, which I promptly agreed to. Less than a month later, we started dating. He was so serious with me this time, and I felt it was going to last like that forever. On the day of my graduation, he threw a huge party for me. Then that night, he took me on a boat and asked me to marry him. I felt like it was too soon, and I didn't want that kind of commitment yet, but what the heck? I loved Bill, and he was proposing to me, which means he loves me too. I said yes, but with a condition. If he ever cheats on me again, I was gonna kill him. We got married and had three sons within 10 years. That was when everything started to go downhill. Even though I had a business degree, he decided that I should be a stay-at-home mom and take care of the kids. This was fine because, as I said before, he had his own hedge fund company and he was making a boatload of money. Anyways, approximately 11 years into our marriage, Bill started to behave really weirdly. He started to go on more business trips than usual and he rarely comes home, even during the weekends. I complained about this several times, but he said it was because the company was acquiring a new company and there was just so many meetings to attend. I said okay, but I was no fool. I knew there was something else. Call it the instinct of the cheated. I hired a PI to watch his movements from that day on, and just a few weeks later, he brought me his findings. Pictures of my husband in the arms of one of the interns in his company. I wasn't really surprised. My husband had gone back to his old ways and was now banging an intern in his company. It was painful, I'm not gonna lie, but I wouldn't say it wasn't expected. Bill had always been insatiable. Why do I think I would be enough for him? Anyways, I'd already promised myself that I wasn't going to sit back and watch him play me like a fool anymore. Not while I knew things. Things that could potentially ruin his life. You see, Bill's insatiability revolved in areas aside from women. He also had issues with being content with his family money and the level of wealth and success he'd accrued over time. He started to engage in less than legal activities, like making friends with people in high places to get insider information on the market and instruments he wanted to trade. I knew this because he wouldn't stop talking about it one night. During our 10-year anniversary when he got so drunk, he couldn't stand up straight. I didn't report him immediately. I filed for a divorce first. I used the evidence the private investigator gave me in court, and the judge gave me full custody of the kids and weekend visitation rights to Bill. I also received a huge alimony and child support from the divorce. Then, I moved on to phase two of my plan. I couldn't do more investigation on the illegal activities on my own because I didn't want to tip him off. So, I made an anonymous call to the SEC telling them about Bill's company's insider trading. I even told them the exact files they should look into, and they did. They got a warrant, and they stormed his company. Turns out that they'd also been looking into his company for a few months now, but they just hadn't gotten enough evidence for a raid. According to one of the office assistants I was close to, they caught Bill by surprise, and the cup of coffee he was drinking actually fell to the ground. I think she said he actually wet his pants too. They took all of his files and trade history, and after a few days of combing, they found enough to nail him. A few days later, Bill was arrested and charged. He quickly went for a plea bargain in a huge settlement. 
He had to spend 12 months in a minimum security prison and another two years on probation. His hedge fund company was also shut down and he was out of a job. When he came out of jail, he had no idea that I was the one that sold him out to the SEC. He even tried to reach out and convince me to take him back. Of course, I didn't do that. I wasn't stupid, at least not all the time. There wasn't a single period in my life that I looked back and regretted my actions. He deserved it. The only people I actually felt pity for were the workers of the company who also lost their jobs as a result of his greed. Well, when you think about somebody being a cheater and your revenge being turning around, getting them locked up, ruining their company, it seemed like maybe a bit much, but when you realize this person has been a serial cheater to OP and they'd been in a relationship married for over a decade and they did that, you can't really blame them too much. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now, if you want to hear another absolutely crazy revenge story, check out that video on the left. Or if you missed my latest video, check out that video on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 